Hello and welcome to the Nashville Daily Podcast. I'm Stuart Deming. And I'm Aaron Pennington. The former Mercy Lounge reopens with a different name, but still with music at the center. Plus, if you're headed to or near the Nashville International Airport, prepare for traffic as the Donaldson Pike Interchange construction is now underway. We'll talk about all of this and more on Nashville Daily. few moments where we, we will be talking about the interchange near the uh, Nashville International Airport. That's always a tongue twister for me. Uh, and the Donaldson Pike Interchange. There's a lot happening over in that area. <laughs> They're moving Donaldson Pike. They're moving it, literally moving it. Uh, we'll, we're going to dive deeper into the maps and we'll have Greg the Google guy in a parachute overlooking the airport because we couldn't afford plane tickets for him today. Sorry. But if, Sorry. if you're looking to relocate here to Nashville or you want to sell your house here in Nashville, you need to contact our sponsor, Brad Reynolds. And you can go to thinkbrad.com if you're looking to buy or sell a home here in Middle Tennessee or all throughout the state of Tennessee. Also, you can call him at 615 615- 856-3270 and text him right now the longest hashtag that you can make. <laughs> you, it starts make it long. Start it with Think Nashville, Think, think Brad, Brad, and yeah. then after that, the the world is yours. Just just keep going, going and going and gone. <laughs> the the world is yours for that. Uh gosh, a lot to talk about today. Uh l- let's start with venues. Uh I know we talked about a little bit of development news last week, but let's talk music venues in Nashville. According to the Tennessean, live music is set to return to Cannery Row next year. We know this was a a big controversy here in Nashville because Cannery Row or uh, Mercy Lounge, all of these venues were here for about 20 years. And then a lot of people were worried that this building would be knocked down uh, near uh, where the roundabout is. Is Greg is Greg available? Who's, okay, uh, I'll, I'll give him a call. We'll wake yeah. him up and, yeah. and see what he's doing. Uh, I so, think he was drinking a little bit too much. <laughs> so according to the Tennessee, and after closing its doors this past May, and I know next year sounds like a long time away still. It's only three it, months away. It still feels like it's early in 2022. It's not. It's getting towards the end of 2022. Uh, but after closing its doors this past May, the building that was home to several celebrated national music venues for nearly 20 years will reopen in 2023 as cannery hall, which is super nice. It was cannery row. I believe that was one of the concert venues. Then you had mercy lounge. And I can't, I always forget the third one, uh, but Greg, the Google guy, he is on the street is right it city now. City winery is no, city winery. A part of this city winery is back over there by the okay. rescue mission. Okay. Uh, somebody comment below. What was the third venue inside of cannery row? Uh, So this is the building right here. But what's really fascinating about this area is just up the street, uh, you can see all of this is fenced off. They're building a 1 million square foot Class A office space right here. At the roundabout right there by the Music City Center, they're building the brand new Ritz-Carlton. Supposedly, this parking lot's going to be a skyscraper. So the really interesting thing, and I know this lot right here is going to be a skyscraper. The interesting thing is they're keeping this historic building here. That is very interesting. And it's going to be this huge concert venue surrounded by all this office space. 
<laughs> that is very interesting. And the parking is going to be awful. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's cheaper than uh, tearing it down and and uh, and making a brand new music venue space because yeah. I think the history will help draw people yeah. uh, to this area, especially those who have been around Nashville for a while. Uh, so according to the Tennessean, the new owners, DZL Management, plan to operate three music venues and one event space in this historic building. The main stage will hold an audience of 1,200, which is not too bad, in the former Cannery Ballroom space. The mill, 1L, M-I-L, is a, that which, yeah, not confusing at all, a 625 capacity room in the former Mercy Lounge space, and row one stage, row one stage, number one, will welcome up to 325 guests in the former house of the High Watt. That's what it was called. That's that's the third one. The top floor, formerly one, O-N-E, will hold uh, a, mar- a marinth? Amaranth? Uh, Amar- Amaranth? Amaranth? A- Amaranth, a special event space for up to 380 people. DLZ Management first purchased an interest in the property in 2019 before acquiring all of it in 2020. Uh, DZL owner, Zach lift says it just makes sense to, uh, preserve it. So, I mean, duh. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so, uh, lift is also the longtime owner of the common station complex Ooh. with the purchase of the cannery property. He now owns a stretch of land, uh, from immediately South of union street to eighth Avenue, which is pretty dang cool. That's cool. Uh, in the midst of a bustling area for development between the Gulch and the music city center, the cannery building now sits in the shadow of the 27th Weston Nashville hotel, the 27th story. So yeah, sorry. 27th story of the Weston Nashville hotel, uh, lift stands their plans, says their plans to preserve the building, which first opens as a flour mill in 1883 are hundred percent permanent. As far as I'm concerned, uh, construction is now starting inside of the building and they plan for state of the art lighting and sound system, improved sight lines, flow, Upgraded green rooms. DZL previously announced the complex general manager will be uh, Brent Himes. Okay, so just uh, a a lot of small specifics in there. I actually think this will look really good once it's mixed in with a lot of the skyscrapers, skyscrapers and development. I think this will actually look pretty cool in that area. This is the coolest thing from the Tennessee article. A press release for Cannery Hall boasts it will be the largest independent music venue in Nashville. That's pretty cool. Okay. That's very interesting. Because is the Ryman an independent music venue? Uh, well, not because, because of Ryman of, Hospitalities. Because of okay. Yeah. That so I, I guess not, especially they're opening another venue in uh, Texas. Oh, it's already open. It's already open. See, yeah. 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 They, so, just, they acquired it. Yeah. So interesting. I'm surprised. Um, does Live Nation own um, Marathon Music Works? Marathon Music Works is pretty dang big. Uh, I don't think it can hold that many people, though, all together. Maybe right? not. Maybe not. Maybe they're they're counting all of that together. Uh, but there are some renderings on the Tennessean if you want to check that out. Uh, about kind of it, while it's gutted, you can see some of the photos from inside of Cannery Row. Uh, Marathon Music Works. Let's see. FRM. I don't, I'm not sure. Let us know. If you if you know who uh, owns Marathon Music Works and if it's also a very large independent music hall or if it's the, owned by a big 
if or if it's owned by a giant conglomerate and it's not independent, or if Cannery Row is just going to be bigger purely in the numbers. All right, so headed over to the west side of town near uh, kind of Charlotte Pike, mm-hmm. where Charlotte Pike meets the uh, Interstate Exchange and the Cumberland River and that Walmart. That's that's kind of where we are right now. So uh, apparently Metro Parks held a special meeting on this place called Brookmead Park. And a lot of you may be asking, what is Brookmead Park? Um, why have I never heard of a Brookmead Park or visited a Brookmead Park near that area? It's right. I mean, it's on the Cumberland River, for goodness sakes. Yeah. Uh, so why would I have not visited a park um, that is right on the Cumberland River? So uh, we're going to throw up a, a visual image of where this is and then Stuart. Uh, it lightened us on why we may have never visited this park. Yeah. So uh, we're pulling up the image right now. And if you're listening to this podcast, this is right off of Charlotte Pike in West Nashville. Uh, you have the Walmart, you have that Lowe's shopping center. You have all those little shops right there. Uh, my mechanic right there, quick car, shout out to him. Uh, that's where I always get my cars <laughs> fixed uh, right in there. There's also a Jim and Nick's and then there's a Cracker Barrel on the other side of the street. Uh, this is an area that's been under a lot of controversy recently because Brookmead Park became a huge homeless camp. And there was a lot of controversy through uh, Facebook and all of the different news outlets here in Nashville. And basically what ended up happening is this homeless, uh, homeless uh, camp expanded all throughout this greenway that we're seeing right here. And you can see it's temporarily closed. This greenway goes down here, goes to the base of the Cumberland River. But what a lot of people were saying is they couldn't access the park because of the, the homeless people and the amount of uh, crimes that were happening in this park, uh, the amount of robberies, assaults that were happening in this park. And so it's been a huge point of controversy over the last three or four months here in Nashville. Yeah, and, and what you said is is very true. The, the congregation of the homeless population around the entry mm-hmm. of the park uh, is, is very large. Uh, I think it says in the article close to 50 people are living uh, here in this in this homeless camp. So uh, this this meeting was held by Metro Parks really not that long ago. Uh, in the article, according to News Channel Five, it says Metro Park board members heard ideas during a special called meeting for Brookmead Park, but they said they are still far from a solution that removes the much talked about homeless encampment. Um, there, let's uh, let's go ahead and throw this back up real quick, if yeah, you don't mind, yeah. Darren. So um, there, there there was cautious optimism when they, we talked about. Uh, have we talked about this yet on the podcast or are we talking about it tomorrow? This is, this is our first time really talking about, I think we're talking about it tomorrow. Aren't we a little bit? I I believe so. But I I just want to point this out. So, uh, right here, uh, where this interstate change is the T dots has been performing a lot of construction here, uh, with this interchange. And so they're trying to make this a, uh, dual lane exit instead of the one lane it is. And we have driven over here quite a bit, but right here where this road is, uh, this was a huge homeless camp too. But you remember one day we drove over there and then all of a sudden it was cleared. All the trees were gone. Yes. The homeless camps were gone, but that's private property. Yes. And so they were, they were able to come in with the sheriff and remove everybody. The park is public property. And so they're having a really big, especially right here at the entrance, you literally can drive right here and it's just a huge homeless population. Yes. Uh, so 
there's a there's a fifty million dollar plan. We're going to talk about that a little bit more tomorrow. That could provide housing for the estimated nineteen hundred homeless in Nashville. Uh, but we're going to talk about it a little bit later. They said there was cautious optimism in the meeting uh, that the parks held when they talked about this. Um, but it's uh, as far as this specific park goes. There really, I, I, according to this article, there wasn't really a lot done here um half this article is about the 50 million dollar plan anyway that that uh, we'll be talking about next um so according to uh dr michelle Steele of the metro parks board uh she said she was hoping for more immediate solutions um and uh, because other metro departments said they were too optimistic about what this funding could do the long term Dr. Michelle Steele of Metro Parks Board, she was hoping for more immediate solutions. In a quote, she said, we don't get to a solution in the next two weeks. We don't get to a solution in the next 30 days. And the residents of Brookmead have to live with this. They've already been living with this. Uh, I think we're definitely going in the right direction, but we still don't have an answer. Uh, If money was the answer, according to News Channel 5, one board member noted that Metro Parks Director Monique Odom was managing with one of the smallest budgets in the city for a department their size, uh, their solution may be more money and more resources. Council member Gloria Hosser of District 22 responded by saying, then ask for it, which is so funny because uh, the Parks Department right now is under such hot water. Oh, yeah, with the, the staffing issues. For, and, for and having tons of money and that, at their yeah. disposal and not spending it yep. to, to staff their parks specifically their golf courses mm-hmm. where they could have been making more revenue because they've had to close it because it wasn't staffed. So, uh, so when <laughs> I just laugh when somebody's like, Oh, so ask for, for it. it, just ask for it. We'll, we'll approve Parks is, yeah. is probably not going to get approved for more money because they can't seem to be spending it correctly right now. Uh, council members, uh, Tom, T H O M Tom, uh, Druffle, Sharon hurt and Courtney Johnston were also in attendance and shared their collected frustrations over something they agreed should have been addressed years ago uh yes this is the funny thing Notab- noticeably missing was council member david rose or dave rosenberg who represents the district where brookmead park is located uh council member courtney johnston of district 26 told the board that it's not a matter of if the council will approve the mayor's proposal in october for that the the funding for uh this 50 million dollar th- th- homeless solution yes uh it's it's how the money will be used that has our concern which is not really a, i mean doesn't need to be addressed in that specific board meeting. So, I mean, I, I, I really don't think the title of this article says it all Metro parks discouraged by lack of solutions after special meeting on Brookmead park, Metro park isn't doing anything. Uh, I it's mean, all the city council members. Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's really, there is no real solutions that were put on the table. There are a few people who spoke up uh, in the meeting saying to do something with the shopping carts. But I mean, there, there really wasn't, I, I don't know if any solutions came out of this proposal because, uh, what is not happening is that, uh, th- there is nobody who in, in national city government, at least that I know of, who is willing to say, we're going to just relocate these homeless people. Yeah. Uh, or, or, you know, to tell other, the, to other Metro Nashville lands. I mean, yeah. What can you do? I mean, you're, yeah. you're putting them in one homeless spot and putting them in another one. Uh, there, there's nobody in Nashville who's willing to Offer take, them, the, yeah. take, take them out of that area. 
uh, because I guess there's nowhere to put them as far as you can't just drop them off on another piece of land. You want to hear one of my uh, solutions? You, you, you don't. <laughs> You don't you don't have any housing, and I'm guess they're probably tired of if it's individuals who they've had legal encounters with before. I'm sure they're tired of probably arresting homeless individuals if they've yeah. done that before, and they probably don't want to do that. It's probably not the PR that Nashville wants, uh, but so so there's there's really nothing happening with that park right now. Don't even know why the meeting was called in the first place. I, I have no idea. <laughs> One of my solutions is, and it doesn't mention in the article. If, I why. guarantee you, some of these homeless people are looking for jobs. Employ them at the Metro at the Parks, Parks Golf Course. <laughs> I think that would be fantastic. That's a win-win chicken I that, dinner. I, I think that I think that's the best solution we've heard from all day. We should have been there. Yeah, we should. <laughs> I, honestly, we should be going to a lot of these meetings and giving some advice. Yeah. So, but uh, they don't listen to us. But no, no. Uh, all right, let's talk about some something encouraging. That is uh, local places where we have eaten. Uh, in, in this case, uh, local places where we've gotten coffee. And uh, recently we went to a place called Humphrey's Coffee in Wedgwood, Houston. They have a lot to offer there. It's It really is a cool coffee shop. Well, so I've, I've been to Humphrey's uh, twice in the last two weeks. Has that been, that's been your spot besides caliber. I think you, you may have, have you gone there more than caliber? Oh no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to caliber like four times in the last week. Uh, <laughs> those 6am they're like, so Dunkin' Donuts near my house. That's usually, I usually go to through the fall. They're closed right now for renovations. Oh. And so the 6am mornings caliber I, caliber is open. And so Good I for just, them. I just I go over there and I'm just like, okay, I'm just gonna get coffee and then Good I have for to go them. to the either to our office or wherever we're going. Yeah. So Caliber's been my clutch, but uh, <laughs> I've been to Humphreys uh, twice. Humphreys Street Coffee, or is, I think that's what it is. Humphrey I think it's, yeah, Humphreys Street Coffee. Coffee. If you're looking um, for it, it's on Humphreys Street. So I had their pumpkin spice uh, latte. How was how was that? It was good. Okay. The price point to me was very discouraging. It was yeah. Seven dollars for a sixteen ounce coffee, yeah. or a twelve ounce coffee. I can't yeah. remember the size. And the the flavor was good. The spice was good, but they had so much chunks of cinnamon at the bottom in the straw. <laughs> oh, no. It was just kind of like coming up the straw into my mouth, and I'm like uh, choking on cinnamon for a second <laughs> because it was so much cinnamon. And Unintentionally I love, doing that cinnamon challenge. Yeah, I love cinnamon, <laughs> uh, but it was just a lot of cinnamon. So it was a really good drink, and then the other drink I had from them was the green tea maca. I think that's what it's called. Okay. Bacta, maca. Uh, pro- probably maca. Um, I believe it's maca. That thing was super refreshing. It was like a day that was like 90 degrees. Very refreshing drink. So I got something that I've tried for the first time. It was uh, the banoffee, and it's a mix of banana and coffee. So it's kind of touted as like a banana nut muffin in a coffee or in in a latte. Their banana nut muffins are fantastic. Or their Uh, uh, banana uh, nut bread. It's it's their... their it's their walnut bread. Oh, and walnut they bread. don't serve it anymore. They switched bakeries. <sighs> um, the, so very disappointed that they don't have their. The, honestly, that's that's one of the best breads I've had, ever. Their their, their walnut pastries. You're like Stuart. You need walnut bread. This. Yeah, and it was absolutely incredible. Uh, I think it was a place called the Village. Was, uh, there, was the, there a the Village pastry? Uh, village bakery, Village and Providence Bakery, something like that. Okay. They don't. Uh, have a physical location to like walk into. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so but, one of those commercial gas. I think so. Okay. Um, but I got the Banoffee. It was it was okay. Uh, I, I like you was not expecting to walk out of there paying seven dollars for a drink. 
Um, it was a, it was, it, steep, it was, man. it was like six something plus a tip or something. So and I'm like, I, at a local coffee shop, I always try to tip like a buck or something. So, but still you're walking out of there closer to $10 than to five. Yeah. Almost. I miss, I miss and, days. uh, and, and the drink was drink was okay. I didn't really have a ton of banana flavor in there. Mm-hmm. I would have wanted a little bit more in there. Uh, but altogether, usually when we get just like hot, normal coffee, uh, Humphrey's coffee is great for in there. Their atmosphere as well is is really good. Still, they're, still they're would also, highly recommend it. They're also having a coffee fest uh, soon happening in October, so I wanted to shout that out. That's kind of cool. Oh yeah, was it's it, a was good, good, good coffee fest. Coffee, if I could spell, <laughs> goodcoffeefest.com. Um, so we're gonna look this up real quick. Yeah, and just good, show you guys. goodcoffeefest.com. So. It's the first annual coffee festival for coffee people of all kinds happening October 15th. So if you love coffee, this is the place to be. Yeah. I was about to say, is it, who is it for? I think it's for people that enjoy coffee from so all around just the for world. Drinkers. I didn't know if it was yeah, for like roasters or cocktails with coffee. Oh, very cool. Oh, so these are the people uh, participating. Uh, good citizen, frothy monkey. Okay. Very cool. Florida and fauna. That's that new one that opened in East Nashville. Ah, very cool. They have some sponsors, too. There you go. All right, let's head over to Explore's Nashville tip of the day. For Explorers Nashville tip of the day, it's a great day to take a drive southwest of Nashville down the Natchez Trace Parkway. It's absolutely stunning. I would highly recommend it. If you don't do it today, I would wait maybe about two or three weeks when the leaves are really changed. The colors are beautiful. It's a really enjoyable drive to have the windows down, the sunroof open, or if you have a convertible, just have that, that roof off. And just do that drive. It's beautiful. So the the guide for timing this correctly in Tennessee is to not make permanent plans in October. That's true. Um, and then on those days where you're like, the leaves are definitely changed, but you're like, oh, could I wait? Uh, like a week? No, no. You, you don't wait because it's if a if a major storm comes through. Um, but once those leaves change, they fall quick. So if, if you're thinking, ah, maybe I could go, but if I just waited a few more days, maybe they'll still be there. Go sooner than later, but uh, make the Natchez Trace one of the first drives that you do. Um, and definitely don't make it the last because you don't want those leaves to be gone. Still a beautiful drive no matter what, but you want it when uh, all the leaves are, are uh, in full peak and everything like that. We also have a video uh, on uh, make sure to, to on YouTube and nationaldaypodcast.com that talks about this drive in more detail with links of places to visit and stops. So make sure you, uh, you go there and check that out before you do the drive. Uh, and you will absolutely enjoy this. There's, there's never a time where you'll drive down the Natchez trace and not enjoy it. It is always, always, always an enjoyable drive. And that's explores Nashville tip of the day. And with fall coming, uh, there's a lot of, well, I guess it's here with fall here and the winter uh, and family gatherings soon approaching. And uh, these are going to be the places where you're going to be in your fall get up and 
your plaid and you're going to be looking good all in fall uh, to complete your your look. There's one place that you need to make sure that you visit to, uh, especially for you guys, to make sure that your hair is on point for the fall, for your family visits, uh, for those first fall dates, and that's Bowtie Barber Club. Maybe you have some weddings in the fall that you're going to that you need to get a shape up for, or maybe you're getting married and you need to make sure you have that great haircut uh, a little bit before the big day. Visit BowtieBarberClub.com or give them a shout by giving them a call. They are located in Donaldson, but this is who we trust with uh, the top of our heads, and they do a fantastic job. Well, and and your beards. Yeah, the top of uh, the bottom of my head. Yeah, so this is uh, give Bowtie Barber Club a shout by giving them a call or go to barber, BowtieBarberClub.com. So over near the Nashville International Airport, uh, that airport is breaking records daily. Uh, this just happened uh, about a week and a half ago. On a Sunday afternoon or full Sunday, they had 36,000 passengers depart from the Nashville International Airport, Jeez. which is a record for this airport. They're by, constantly they're, they're constantly setting these records. Yeah. By 2041, it's estimated that they're going to welcome 30 million passengers per year. So that's people coming to Nashville to visit Nashville, people uh, coming here for conferences, people coming here for business. There's a lot of people going going in and out of the airport. I think on average right now they average about, I think it's like 17 million people. So that's basically almost going to double by 2041. Yeah. And so with that doubling, there has to be a lot of roads to be able to accommodate all the growth at the airport. Yeah, a smoother transition on and off the interstate to the airport Yes, is and definitely going to be essential. Uh, and that brings us to the TDOT essentially moving Donaldson Pike. Uh, not only Donaldson Pike, but the interchange from Donaldson Pike to the airport uh, on all fronts is being moved and transitioned into a better experience. And this is not a short-term project. This will be ongoing for, uh, they're estimating, so that means at least five years. So this will be done, hopefully. By 2027. By 2027. Um, the, but there's going to be a lot of uh, what they're calling uh, ramp changes, slowdowns, and other growing pains. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, during this time, for those of you who are constantly going to the airport or those of you who are constantly driving up and down 40 east uh, or, or east or, or west, but near the airport. So we, we covered this in depth uh, probably about six or seven months ago. But the reason we want to bring it up again is they've actually removed a bunch of trees and they have officially started construction. Yep. I have been stuck multiple times in this construction. Oh, now. no. Already? Already. And I've been stuck on the interstate already. Oh, with no. This. So this can this has the potential to be very bad. But we want to start off talking about this this change in this interchange by showing you what it currently looks like. So we have Greg hanging from a parachute right now above the world's 40. slowest moving parachute. He's just so you almost never, never notice it's moving. Yeah. You never notice it except for he just zooms in right there. <laughs> so right now, if you're looking at the screen or if you're listening, you may be driving 40 West from Lebanon or Mount Juliet. And you see this entire area that's near Donaldson Pike. All of those trees have been removed right now. 
So yeah. basically from the edge of Donaldson Pike to where this parking lot is for these hotels, all of those trees have been removed, but they're going to be removing even more trees. So this is currently what this interchange looks like. And it becomes a absolute cluster, especially <laughs> right here at Donaldson Pike. If you're trying to head 40 east, uh, you can get stuck here because of all the airport traffic, uh, people leaving the airport and going 40 west. And then you're stuck at this little little pass right here. And you're like, I can't turn onto the interstate at all. It's taking me nine minutes. Yeah. To do this. Yeah. And that's yep, happened yep. to me. A couple yeah. Times. And coming from the interstate to Donaldson Pike, you almost it's. If it's busy, you can't even get on to Donaldson Pike. Yep. Uh, because and if there's a car they, accident near there, yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, so forget about it. So uh, this is going to be a massive, massive overhaul. So we're going to show you what the uh, plan to complete by 2027 is going to be as far as the new Donaldson Pike and the new... Uh, interchange because Donaldson Pike is actually going to move pretty dramatically yep. during this transition, which will be, it, it's just very interesting. So th this is the, the idea of what this is going to look like in five years. And we're going to focus on the current Donaldson Pike. So where that bridge is right now will stay and that's going to become an access road for BNA. And so that's actually going to double the loop of what BNA already has. Wow. Which is massive. Okay. So that hypothetically, in five years when this is done, uh, they're going to have 69 gates by 2040. Hypothetically, if they double the loop, they could have more gates at the airport. Ah, interesting. I see. Uh, I was wondering if it could have been uh, uh, kind of like a shuttle a shuttle space from maybe parking on the other side of oh, the yeah, interstate like to hands down, yeah. to the airport could yeah. be a nice shuttle lane. So like imagine like this parking lot right here, they got rid of that and they added another complex for more gates. Like th there's so much potential for growth that can happen. So now let's focus on the actual changes that will happen to Donaldson Pike. So where that bridge is, that current bridge that you use to cross over the interstate, that's going to be the access road. And it looks like it's going to be maybe a half a mile to a mile away, but they're going to be building two new bridges. But this is a, I believe it's called a diamond exchange. Uh, I think that's the correct terminology. <laughs> it, correct it, sounds, the it sounds great. Uh, there's also a diamond, and maybe in the, the new Shell 5 article that we're referencing, uh, there's also a diamond exchange up towards Madison, I believe. So this will be the second one in the state like this. It is a diverging, you're half right, a diverging diamond interchange. I was close. Or a DDI. So this is going to be a DDI if uh, you want to learn the fancy <laughs> language, guys. And so the first DDI is at Interstate 24 and Hickory Hollow Parkway. So it's kind okay. of modeled after that. Um, but as you can see, that, that traffic from Donaldson Pike is going to uh, essentially curve east uh, instead of going to that bridge. And that traffic is going to head uh, um, east and then over that uh, about a quarter mile over or however far over the interstate there and flow into Donaldson Pike on the other side. And basically, that's where everything's moving, uh, however many feet that is east going over the interstate. So everything's moved just a bit further that way. So the thing I, I love about this new interchange, uh, I don't know if you can see the mouse if you're watching this. So initially right here, you have this roundabout to get onto Donaldson Pike from uh, 40 East. 
But this time you're going to be able to turn and then take a left straight. So you're not going to have to worry about all that oncoming traffic and uh, everything. Oh, yes, that is very nice. Uh, dude, it, it's going to be absolutely incredible. You're not going to have to do that loop and you're like, oh, I don't have to worry about as much oncoming traffic. What's going to be interesting is where the new bridges are. If you're going to have people coming from Donaldson Pike and they're going to try using the on-ramp. So hopefully it doesn't become a situation like Mount Juliet. Uh, that is a mess with that one bridge that goes over the interstate. Oh, God. And then you try taking yeah. that left. Yeah. Uh, it, it becomes a mess. Uh, <laughs> but I think both of these will be bridges. Or are these going to be red lights? Let's see. They don't really tell you. No, I, I think it's going to it's gonna feel. It's definitely going to be red lights. Oh, interesting. You, you can see them right there. Yep. So I, I think this is going to, it, it feels a little bit like the Briley Parkway situation. Mm-hmm. They spaced out the inner, the Briley Parkway interchange from 40 mm-hmm. a lot. And this kind of feels like it. The more space you give it, the more, the more chance it has for people to flow through instead of congest in those areas. So this is, that's what it feels like here is, is very much like the Briley to 40 uh, interchange. The, the thing I really like about this, so the northbound on ramp, the the expansion of that on ramp is massive compared to what the on ramp currently is. <laughs> yeah, and you can see it underneath the green thing uh, or the green layout right here. So this is the current on ramp, which is awful, and it's basically a two lane on ramp. This is going to be a two lane on ramp, but there's so much room. Yes. Like you could actually like fit very more much cars. reminds reminds me of, of Briley South from 40. That one does. Yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, there, there's a lot more information on here about the the airport and some of its uh, uh, other initiatives. But if you just go to uh, some of our previous episodes that are listed in uh, this, uh, the show notes for this episode of nationaldailypodcast.com. You're going to be able to find a lot of, of those references uh, for what's going on with the airport more specifically. Did you did you want to show that that T dot map or is yeah, mostly the me, same thing? It's, it's so it's a comparison map between T dots and what's going to happen. Yeah. So kind of who's responsible for which roads. Yeah. So this is a T dot map and this is. T-DOT versus the Metro Nashville <laughs> Airport Authority. So T-DOT is in reds and uh, the airport is in blue. Yep. Of the, who's responsible for which roads during this construction project. Which is fantastic. So basically you, from this blue that you're seeing here at the airport, it's going to double their loop. Oh, wow. So like, look at that. So like, imagine this parking lot right there. I think that's parking lot B at the airport that becoming another area for gates and whatnot. Like there's just so much potential for expansion or even I think parking lot a right here, this becoming more gates and everything. Like there's so much room for expansion. Yeah. Well, I I mean, I think they've, they've got a plan for that. I mean, you can even see in this, the clearing, all of the land that's available East Mm -hmm. of the airport, which they own. Yeah. it, It is probably, most likely going to be parking in the long, long term, 20, 30, 40 years from now. Mm-hmm. And then all of that is airport gates, all of that stuff. Yeah. Very, very potential. And then I, I want to get Greg, the Google guy back um, just to show this. Cause I, I, I think the airport also owns, if I'm remembering correctly, it's, it's all that land off of so, Murfreesboro Pike is yeah, what you're thinking so of this land right here, where this entire airport center is, this is like where, um, that's where the private the hangers Johnson, are, right? Some of the private hangers. So the yeah. private hangers are going to be more in this area. 
Uh, but the airport owns all of this land south of Murfreesboro Pike. Oh, yeah, kind of they the office own, office buildings in yep, those areas. They yeah. own this Johnson & Murphy site. They own almost all of this land right here. And then all of this area is fenced off. So uh, there's a lot of growth opportunities for the airport. Yeah. The, It'll be interesting if they get rid of this quarry. That is one thing that I think they did. Uh, so that quarry is used for air conditioning. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're not getting rid of that thing. They're not getting rid of that. Uh, but it, it is one thing that the airport has done really well is land ownership in that area. And I think they, they've done it for quite a while. So the, good, the, good thinking ahead on that. Yeah, they've been planning. And uh, recently, Southwest announced that this may be become a hub. We're going to be talking about that uh, tomorrow. So uh, a lot of a lot of things to talk about tomorrow. The uh, the the homeless uh, spending plan that we mentioned a little bit today. We're going to be talking about that tomorrow and Southwest, what their thoughts are about making a a small little hub here in Nashville. Let us know, are you near the Donaldson Pike area where this is going on? And how many times have you been stuck in traffic? for listening to nashville daily to learn more about today's episode visit nashvilledailypodcast.com and to stay connected head to our discord and you can find the link at nashvilledailypodcast.com slash connect nashville daily is now offering tours if you'd like to take a tour of downtown nashville head to the link in the show notes or find out more details at nashvilledailypodcast.com nashville daily podcast is an explore.nash production copyright 2022